Hey, welcome back. Uh, my name is Charles, and uh, other than bumping my face into the microphone, I'm going to be your host once again for the Bringing It All Back Home podcast. This is episode 16, and uh, yeah, should have some good stuff for you today, I hope. Uh, and we'll be talking about being in the right place at the right time, that elusive landscape shot that either is there or you just keep chasing it over and over again and just keep missing it. Uh, but yeah, it might be interesting kind of to go back to the basics of just being in the right place at the right time. Uh, also going to get into some other things going on this week, so stay tuned. So yeah, I'm back and I really would love to address this subject. It is, uh, it's a tricky one and I think to maybe preface it a little bit, um, what do I mean by the right place at the right time? Uh, how does it apply to my photography, especially landscape, and how might it apply to yours? So the right place, you know, if you're a landscape photographer, um, maybe there's some place local to you. Uh, maybe it's a river, maybe it's a lake, maybe it's a body of water that's not too far. Uh, or perhaps if you're landlocked, uh, it's some beautiful uh, arrangement of compositional elements that could include a certain tree, a certain barnyard, uh, a rusted car in a field. You know, something that kind of draws you back and, and, and just invites you to break out one of your lenses and look around for those angles, uh, explore where this could be used as a landscape shop. For me, uh, I, um, I've been very lucky to, uh, be based near, uh, the ocean. You know, I'm on the uh, Atlantic, on the Eastern uh, side of the coast. I'm on the East coast with the Atlantic ocean real close. Um, there is ocean, on one side, I've got the ocean meeting the back bay on another. Uh, and, um, and there are a couple of really good points to, to use for that. So it's not hard for me uh, to find the so-called uh, right place um, on this part of the uh, so-called island. Uh, the, uh, um, the end of the island, the southern part of the island, um, it's been a place I've been going back to over and over and over again. Why? Because it's a great place for sunsets. It's, it's got rocks. It's got water. Uh, and uh, on a, any given night, uh, you might get some great clouds. So uh, I have been fairly successful uh, at pulling off some uh, okay shots uh, at, at at least two or three locations down here. Like anything, though... Um, once that's been achieved, uh, once there's been a couple of good shots, um, there's this need to kind of move on or, or, or explore new places, you know, um, which isn't to say that uh, I, I wish, you know, I turned down those locations, um, but, but the urge to hunt them down over and over and over again uh, sort of diminishes to some degree. Um, so if there is another location uh, nearby or relatively nearby that, uh, changes things a little bit. Uh, so for me, uh, I've been really intrigued by the location north of me, uh, 
in the so-called uh, Pine Barrens. You know, so if you guys are listening, there's a really interesting part of South Jersey uh, that's been preserved uh, that goes back a very long time, uh, and it's known under this general term, the Pine Barrens. Uh, and through the Pine Barrens run some rivers, uh, there's some great woods, uh, and also there's some interesting areas where the ocean, or the Great Bay, uh, starts winding uh, its, uh, its way through the Pine Barrens, uh, creating some really interesting coves, and, and, and there's also this particular river uh, that I'm going to be talking about today, the so-called Bass River. Anyhow, I am about a 35 to 40 minute commute from some of these places, at the very least, uh, which is, you know, nothing too bad, um, but it does uh, involve a little bit of planning, a little bit of preparation, you know, uh, so say uh, I'm looking to do a sunrise, you know, uh, I need to get out of here a little bit early, of course, and get there um, way before the sunrise. Uh, I, I, I really, uh, you don't want to get to a sunrise location literally as the sun's coming up. I do not recommend it. Uh, often some of the greatest stuff you're going to see that first hour uh, could be before the sunrise, you know? So being at the right place at the right time. Um, back in 2013, uh, I had been, especially in the fall, um, going out yet again to a couple locations uh, north of me. So the Pine Barrens, as I just mentioned, uh, and also there's a nature reserve um, that's pretty uh, famous around here called the Forsyth uh, Nature Reserve. It's a great place to go in the spring and the fall. Uh, there's an amazing amount of wildlife, uh, particularly if you love ducks, you know, and of course egrets and herons and uh, the occasional bald eagle, lots of osprey, uh, and it's uh, it's a great place to just go out and chill and take a little drive, and and uh, it's very inviting for uh, for people that really love uh, um, wildlife or their their birders uh, or just people who you know just want to get away a little bit and uh, experience something that's uh, that's nice and chilled out, you know. So so that's kind of on the road, you know. They're uh, often, uh, especially a couple of years ago. I would get up early. I would think, okay, I'm going to go out and hit the Forsyth uh, Refuge, uh, take some sunrise shots, uh, get some of that early morning light, and take some wildlife shots, um, and uh, explore. There's two ways for me to get out to the, to this uh, nature reserve. Uh, the most typical way, the way I would normally go out there, uh, would be to take a uh, a little road uh, that's kind of uh, infamous in Bruce Springsteen uh mythology uh route nine uh yes route nine uh does go all the way down here as well uh but he he uh, refer uh reference it references it um on the born to run album i'm pretty sure uh, much further north um where bruce's mythology takes place um this part of south jersey we're pretty far down from asbury park uh, but it's still part of the jersey coast and the uh route nine stuff anyway <laughs> So I take Route 9 to get to the Forsyth uh, Refuge, and everything's good. Uh, but I kind of realized a couple of years ago, um, referring specifically back to 2013, that it might be fun to cut back a little bit of time and take a faster road, which would be the Garden State, the Garden State Parkway. 
so where am I going with the story? So basically one morning, uh, many years ago, 2013, uh, I took the Garden State Parkway and there's an exit that I need to take uh, to get back to the refuge, the Forsyth uh, refuge. And I missed it, uh, which is not unusual because it was quite early and uh, I probably hadn't slept very well and uh, I missed the exit. So I'm like, okay, this is all good. Uh, I will just keep going. I know there's another exit coming up soon. uh, And that would have been the exit that I normally would take for heading into the Pine Barrens. So there's another exit further up, uh, and that's where I could take some some old country roads into Chatsworth or uh, um, the uh, uh, the different places in the Pine Barrens that I would usually go to. So I took this exit, and I'm looking around at the sky, and I'm realizing, wow, there is a great sunrise about to happen. Like, this is about to really go down the sky. You could just tell, uh, look like it was going to be really interesting. So instead of taking the exit and circling back to the Forsyth Refuge or taking the exit and circling a bit west to head to the Pine Barrens, I just took the exit and went east. Uh, and it turned out uh, the place is called the Amasa Landing. Uh, it's just a little road that eventually stops and right in front of you is part of the Bass River. Um, but what was so interesting when I reached this place was I realized I had actually once been there before. Uh, I had once taken a look at this place and thought, yeah, this probably would be an interesting place to take a shot. The elements in front of you look pretty good. There were a couple of pilings that were spread out in an interesting diagonal pattern. You had the river and then far away you had the, the trees of, uh, what was left of some some wild uh, forest of some, some sort, and then eventually the, the coast. Um, so this morning, I got out of my car. Um, again, I'm referring to 2013. Uh, luckily, I had my tripod ready to go, had my camera, uh, had my, um, my at that time, my typical Zoom ready to go at uh, the equivalent of 28mm, set it up uh, in the first location, and just started taking some shots. Looking back on the shots, immediately, I'm I was blown away. I realized that uh, the sun had not yet quite come up, but I was getting really interesting reflections of the sky on the river. Uh, I had some wonderful foreground elements to work with, and the clouds were just getting better and better. So I took a couple of shots, tried some bracketing, did a little bit of a five uh step bracketing in case I needed to do HDR, and then moved a little bit differently on this landing to try another composition. As I started looking a little bit to the left, I suddenly realized that what was happening on the river was I was getting fog. Fog was coming off the river, especially in the distance, and the horizon was a perfect mix of gold and orange uh, and these wispy clouds just coming above that. Uh, And every part of that sky was perfectly reflected in the river. So I moved once again uh, to try another composition, found one just as good as not better. Uh, again, using sort of these pilings that were uh, in the area of the landing, uh, taking atten- paying attention to this, these stones that were giving great texture just before the river. Uh, and then again, in the distance, noticing how the soft light, uh, still not a hard light at all, but still this rich soft light was starting to diffuse through the fog and create this magical moment. And uh, I think I took 
I don't know, I guess um, maybe 30 shots. And I figured, okay, this looks pretty good. Uh, this was this was a great little uh, serendipity. I managed to uh, head one way, uh, <laughs> got uh, missed my stop, as it were, you know, missed the exit, uh, and I came to the landing, found a really nice sunrise. This is good. I'll head back now to Forsyth and finish the morning shoot. So why am I bringing this story up? Well. As the years have gone by, uh, again, this was a shoot that I did in 2013, just one October morning. I've never been able to recreate it. That's the reason I'm bringing it up. Um, I am. I have never, ever come close to being able to recreate this shoot. I have gone back to that location, to a massive landing, every single fall year after year after year. I mean, we're talking, yeah, almost seven years now. I've gone back to that location, not just in the fall, but even in the early uh, winter, um, looking for some of that magic. And I've never, ever found anything even close. The skies never give me what I had that one morning. There's never, ever been a scenario where I was there when the fog was was coming up uh, off the river. uh, And I never managed to get that light again. So it was just one of those scenarios where, again, I wasn't a local. Uh, it was a, it's at least a 35 to 40 minute drive away from me, but uh, an ir- an unrepeatable moment happened because I just got lucky and was in the right place. Ever since that shoot, I have paid uh, particular attention to other photographers shooting in South Jersey in places like bogs and creeks, and in this case, part of the Bass River, um, anything in the Pine Barrens in the morning. And I've been paying special attention to fog, fog coming off the water, you know, or smoke on the water, as you could say, (laughs) with the right light and some half-decent composition. It's a magical thing. It is truly a magical thing. It is, I... I appreciate it uh, so much, especially since um, I literally have one shoot. That's it. I've only been able to capture that once. All these years uh, of heading out with my camera locally, yeah, um, we can get mist and fog over um, over the marshlands, uh, the back bays. That's not a, a hard thing to detect. Uh, and you can get some beautiful, beautiful light coming in in the morning, Um, but there's nothing quite like it coming literally off uh, the water, you know, uh, with that perfect reflection. So to bring it all back home, as the name of the podcast suggests, um, one of the revelations or takeaways from this, uh, this thing I'm talking about is the transformation of a landscape, the transformation of a location because you're there at the right time. Uh, it's, it's an interesting thing. I don't know, or I'm, I'm finding it interesting to think about it and, and reflect. Um, so if you have a location, like, uh, like I typically go to down here at the end of the island, where, say, there's rocks. Great, I got texture. Where there's an open sky ahead of you that is typically where the sun's going to go down. Great, I'm going to be able to get the sun uh, setting or, or the reflections uh, after the sunset. Uh, and in my case, locally, uh, because there's, uh, depending on, you know, how rough the back bay and ocean is, uh, I can get, um, I can get some interesting 
uh, slow shutter effects. You know, I could put on a neutral density filter and pretty much bring home a workable shot almost any time of the year. Uh, it doesn't require necessarily the greatest light uh, because you had those elements ready to be taken advantage of. Um, so in my case, locally, I know if I am going to go out there, um, and yeah, typically I would, What the first thing I would be looking at, the reason I would be going out to shoot uh, at one of my locations that I have locally is number one, there's some clouds. Uh, it, not that it's overcast. Literally, there's some defi- definition going on. Low-hanging clouds, interesting clouds, clouds appearing after a rainstorm. Uh, that's usually the first spark that goes, okay, tonight might be the night. Let's go out there. And there have been times when, like, yeah, suddenly what looked great a half hour before the sunset, those clouds have all moved away, you know, or uh, m- too much cloud has come through uh, just around the time the sun goes down, uh, and it wasn't what quite what I was hoping for. All the same, I could still come back with a workable shot because I'm using a, a neutral density filter, because I'm creating that misty stuff with those waves against the rocks. It's just it's just there. There's there's some foreground elements, there's textures to the rocks, there's that misty stuff. Uh, it's never there's never a scenario where I'm gonna come home and go, I got absolutely nothing. But what I'm really going into with this uh, this podcast and this theme of being in the right place in the right time, it's the transformation that you can get if you're lucky enough in locations where it's going to go from eh or meh, right? <laughs> to mind-blowing, you know, and, and that's what, uh, that's what that Amasa landing, uh, always intrigues me with because, um, without the right light, uh, without any mist coming up from the river, um, it's a, just an okay location. Like it, it, there's really nothing to, um, to focus your eye, you know? So it's, it's so dependent on the light. It's so dependent on these other ingredients. Um, and yeah, just something to think about because, uh, if you are local to a place that doesn't immediately pop out at you as being spectacular, you never know. Uh, it, that same location, uh, could be, turn into uh, a miracle of a landscape shot if the readiness is there, if you have your gear ready to go, if you're keeping an eye out on for the elements, if you go out really early uh, in different times of the year, if you check out the light after a storm, uh, all those things that just catch your eye uh, can, can really uh, turn that one location into perhaps one of your favorite shots. And that's, that's what it is for me. I mean, uh, I did, uh, order a poster of one of the 30 shots from the shoot. And, uh, it's absolutely one of my favorite landscapes. Um, uh, and everything about that shoot still intrigues me because like I said, uh, I've never been able to get anything close to it again, uh, having returned to the same location. So yeah, so being in the right place, great time. Uh, the so-called readiness is all, uh, it's, uh, it's with landscape. It's about that. Uh, it's about that light. It's about the sky. Uh, it's about the clouds. Uh, and it's about hopefully getting better and better at finding the composition that just finishes it, that holds it all together, uh, as it were, you know, uh, like, the the dude with the rug tied it all up. So what else has been going on this week? A uh, couple of things. Uh, number one, um, it's been a great month 
really less or less two weeks uh, have been terrific uh, for surfing. Uh, finally, uh, the the drought's over. Uh, a couple of storms that um, didn't affect us in any way directly uh, still brought in some swell. So um, yeah, for for uh, for just. Over a week at least, uh, there have been waves and waves and waves, uh, and um, I was able to, on uh, my day off, uh, go out and uh, hit up the Ventnor Pier, uh, take some shots, uh, and be able to bring back one or two I like. Um, and then uh, just this morning, uh, I was out uh, just for the mission to practice uh, my long exposure uh, again. Um, and what I mean by that is... Um, like anything that you enjoy doing, but it's, if it's been a while, uh, I at least find it necessary, whether I'm working with my analog gear, uh, just rolling up the film into the camera, developing the film in the Patterson tanks, um, getting used to the different feels of the camera. Um, and even with digital, uh, just being able to go out there with my, uh, I have a, an ND neutral density filter that's pretty dark to 10 stop. Um, I also use, of course, a remote shutter. Uh, I have a tripod, of course, um, but just you know the the, the kind of uh, mechanics of it all. Uh, it, if I I have a, a great uh, need, and I, and I I do recommend it uh, to just go out on some days and just do it, even if they're with zero expectations. So like this morning, I could care less uh, whether it was a good sunrise or not. I was just determined to just practice. Take the tripod out, put the camera on, uh, get some long exposures going. Um, and it came out, you know, it was, it was good. Uh, I had, had one or two shots, uh, that still came out. Okay. Um, and, uh, that was fun too. But what I was thinking of the most, uh, when it came to, and I've really been going back and uh, basically the last couple of shoots have been returning, uh, to Ventnor Pier, you know, Cornwall and Cambridge Avenue. Uh, one of the things I've been intrigued about as a challenge has been this technique for taking surfing photography um, using the motion blur pan or panning. Um, it's uh, it's one of those things that uh, I have yet to bring it all back home. I have yet to uh, really bring back uh, a successful surfing shot employing um, the motion blur. Uh, there is a uh, a place I go typically to get inspiration on the internet. Uh, I no longer go to Flickr. I uh, pretty much go to, of course, like everyone, Instagram, uh, but also specifically um, 500px or 500px. Uh, there's a, a person I follow on there um, who's based in Italy or uh, and he uh, is a terrific photographer. He uh, grabs pics from quite a few locations, not just uh, in Italy, but a lot of his stuff's like in Tahiti and Australia. Obviously, this guy travels a bit. Uh, and he'll throw in um, some motion blur shots that just make me want to cry. I mean, <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> they're so, so good. Uh, and to be honest, I'm intrigued uh, by... And he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, I, I've yet to reach out to him to, to, to you know, pester him about his settings. Um, I've gotten the understanding that uh, um, the uh, the camera settings are uh, pretty much anywhere from one tenth of a second to one twentieth. Uh, that seems to be the norm, or even one twenty fifth. Um, my problem has been the lighting. Uh, so. Here, um, 
like, let me just spell it out. Basically, when the waves are kicking in uh, and the sun is coming up, uh, for whatever reason, it's it, for some reason I'm 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 typically shooting surface in the morning, not exclusively, but um, it's just too much light. There's too much light to successfully pull off the motion blur panning. And what I mean by this is by slowing down that shutter. So, really the complete opposite of how I normally would take surfing photos. Um, normally a surfing photo would be shooting at a thousandth of a second, somewhere around there, or uh, as slow as maybe one five hundredth. Uh, I, you know, typically you want to stop that action uh, and, and work at a, a part of the lens. Uh, my, my long lens, my 300 uh, shoots real good at F4, F5.6. I typically lately have just been leaving it on F8 because uh, that's just been working out fine. So for me to open up that shutter and bring in so much more light instead of slowing it down, I'm sorry, instead of uh, stopping it down to one one thousandth of a second, I'm doing the exact opposite. I'm letting all this light in by having such a relatively long shutter speed, uh, one tenth of a second or one twenty fifth. Um, well, what am I going to do with all this light coming in? So the opposite would be I need to go to the craziest part of the lens, like go to F16, or my old lens, I think, goes even to F22. Um, I don't typically like shooting at that part of the lens because uh, uh, there's it's usually not the sweet spot. It'll typically even bring out any sensor dust that may be lurking on your camera, so you got to go back and edit out all those dust spots. Um, but even them... Um, it's still not quite enough. Uh, like the last time I was even even remotely getting near the target uh, was back in March. I did a shoot where uh, I noticed that Cassidy McLean was out there. Uh, it was a wonderfully overcast day. Very the water was still very very cold. Everybody was uh, in their wetsuits, uh, just staying warm somehow. Um, and I tried it a couple of times, uh, but I did not have the right angle. I was instead of shooting uh, directly at her while she was going by on the, on the wave, I was up on the pier sort of coming, looking down at her on an angle and she was sort of coming towards me. So it was not the right conditions. Um, and yeah, what happened there was, uh, in order to get the right exposure, um, it was the ugliest part of the lens. It was shooting at, I guess, F22 and I was getting all kinds of, uh, uh sensor dust that were suddenly appearing. So yeah, I'm on a mission, I think, to try to overcome this somehow. Um, I think, what I would probably have to do is employ a neutral density filter uh, that fits one of my lenses um, and see if that can compensate a little bit better. Uh, so I could, I think I still might have a three stop filter uh, rather than my 10 stop uh, and maybe put that on one of my older lenses uh, and just hope for a day where it's um, not very bright out because uh, you know, um, I think what this guy's typically getting, the gentleman uh, referring to from 500 Picks, he seems to be getting like end of day shots, you know, where the sun, people are still out surfing and uh, it's just this soft glow of, in the air. So, so letting in more light uh, is actually quite good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he has uh, one or two where the colors are just mind blowingly great and the surfer is frozen, uh, but the wave. Uh, this sort of emerald, uh, beautifully, you know, uh, barreled tube is spraying behind the surfer with amazing blur. 
you know, like, like as if it was airbrushed. And I think that's really what it is. I think I think this <laughs> this kind of shoot uh, does bring out a little bit of nostalgia in me because uh, growing up um, and getting into surfing in the mid well, to late seventies, uh, airbrush was kind of cool back then. Uh, airbrush, it's kind of hard to specify it now, but uh, there was a period where airbrush was just this um fresh really cool look so typically uh if you wore a surfing t-shirt uh, on the back the decal would be a kind of um uh airbrushed you know look of uh, a kind of uh california sunrise or sunset it would have the logo of the surfboard or skateboard um but and there even used to be vans that had these uh really uh you know kind of cool airbrush designs uh something in between you know a surfer fantasy and jrr tolkien almost um, but anyway that is one of my goals i would really love to get at least one uh cool uh motion blur shot and, and i think you know it was something that ted uh felsberg who was on the podcast just two episodes ago was saying you know when he got started uh often what he would do is just find something that really um, blew his mind find something that really inspired him and then just go out and try to recreate it. Go out and try to get your own version of it. Uh, and yeah, that's one of the things that's driving me to be able to do it. And hopefully at some point uh, in the next year, I'll have a result. Anyhow, hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. This was episode 16. Again, this is Bringing It All Back Home, a podcast about South Jersey photography and creative projects around the world. Uh, I hope to continue with these uh dual directions uh, with more stuff about gear, more stuff about photography, as well as inviting people on to talk about their latest writing project, art project, music project, uh, as well as video, uh, anything creative. I would love to invite you guys on and talk about it. So again, that's the end of today. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, talk to you next time.